Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Risky Thoughts. Once again tonight, I am joined by Zhang, as Roy is still in British Columbia, as we mentioned in the last episode. He'll be returning soon enough, for those of you who miss him. I know I miss him. Um, Thank you for joining, <laughs> listeners and thinkers. So we're here once again. Uh, this time, change of atmosphere and change of environment. We are now recording at Zhang's place tonight. So it may sound a little different. Definitely feels a little different for me. It's actually quite more comfortable because we're sitting on couches, which is nice. <laughs> um, tonight, we wanted to explore the topic of regret and what it means, what it feels like, what you can do about it, and also what the what we believe is the opposite feeling of regret, which is, to us, a feeling of nostalgia. But... Google doesn't agree with that. Google says that the antonym for regret is welcome. I don't even know how that's an antonym to regret. <laughs> well, we won't worry too much about that. I think it just makes sense. Um, I guess mostly this episode's about us like untangling our own you know, moments of regret and feelings of regret and trying to learn to cope with it or find some way forward. So let's talk about that, I guess, through through experience, I suppose, is the best way to do that. Yeah, I think so. All right. So I guess I'll open by saying like how I even decided this was going to be our topic for tonight. So on my very long drive over to Zhang's place from my place, um, I had a good opportunity to just self-reflect in the car, listening to some like music I used to listen to in the past. And um, I'm also dealing with some stuff in my life right now, obviously. Uh, that is put my, you know, it's put me to the test, let's say, in terms of like emotional resistance and resilience. And uh, for the first time in a very long time, I'm actually feeling defeated. And I thought, like, wh- why am I feeling this way? And do I regret what led me to being here? And I, to be honest, I'm at a loss of words because I, I I've explained to you before that I don't typically hold on to these feelings of regret or like resent for very long. I usually get over them very, very quickly and I become a happy person again within a couple of hours of experiencing whatever trauma causes the, the sensation. This time it's like, I feel like it's a more permanent feeling of like discomfort and I'm really struggling to get past it. And I think what I'm beginning to realize is that the only real way to get past it is to confront the issues and deal with them and resolve the problem that occurred as a function of the actions that I do regret taking, rather than just saying, ah, it is what it is, and moving onward. Yeah, and, and I think it's kind of interesting because Rob and I had similar experience where, you know, we were listening to a piece of music and it brought this feeling of nostalgia. But at the same time, it came at a time when we were both dealing with regret and we were trying to get back to this place before we did the regrettable thing and you know we were feeling we were feeling I guess life was easier life was easier to get through that you know things didn't stick to us as much Um, and we were trying to get back you know in some ways like you could say trying to get back our mojo Um, but we're just it's just not happening and there's a longing for Maybe maybe we wish we could 
go back in time and you know undo the things that made us like regret what we did but we can't we just can't get over it so i think everybody everybody has felt regret right i think we've all made a decision in life at some point or another that led to an outcome that was an undesirable one and that you have contemplated what alternative path you could have been on had you not taken those actions. That's essentially what like regret is in a nutshell. Yeah, right? but, but the interesting thing is I think a lot of people, I think, could probably say is, you know, for the most part, like, you know, this is speaking in someone else's shoe, they could say, you know what, I don't really have that, I don't really have regrets in my life. Like things have been like pretty good. So I, I can agree that on a, on maybe on a, on a, on a high level, People can make a claim like that. I don't believe that on the microscopic level that people can say definitively that they've never regretted a decision. And then I guess my other arguments on a macroscopic level, it's like maybe they just haven't lived long enough to like really regret something. Um, I mean, we're still pretty young, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but I think we're hitting that transition period where, you know, the nostalgia is hitting really hard. Where I think there's some element of longing for the t- a time in our youth when things were kind of more simple. I mean, maybe I, I maybe I didn't want to use the word simple because in some ways it was it was more complicated. Like I guess it's like there's more there were more options, there were more possibilities, and and like and I, we were talking earlier about how you know when we were younger we were looking for salvation in the future. Like, you know, things aren't the best now, but maybe in a couple of years, this will all seem like, you know, trivial. But little did we know, like decades later, we would, we would be longing for those, longing for those times. So the one thing about regret that I think is, is unhealthy is it certainly keeps you in the past, right? You're you're reliving an experience that you have no control over anymore. And, you know, being disgruntled by the outcome of those actions that you had taken to bring you to where you are or perhaps where you were, um, it can be frustrating. And the fact that you don't have control or have any capacity whatsoever to undo what you've done is the part that I think lingers because you can't remove it. It's a, it's it's a permanent. It's like a it's 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 gone. It cannot become. It, you cannot get it back. But you. But I want to add like sometimes I even like fantasize about like a future where things work out. You know, imagine you did something where you got to like cheat on your girlfriend or something. Not to say that I cheated on my girlfriend. Disclaimer, but say that happened right like and this kind of parallels maybe some of the experiences i'm having where i said some regrettable things and sometimes i sit around with the regret and i fantasize about a future where i'm forgiven or you know there's some type of resolution or there's some type of closure so yeah you're going right down the road that i was like thinking and i know we talked about closure outside yeah. And you used the quote and I don't remember what it is exactly. It was uh 
and it's not mine I stole it but uh, it's something about closure is something that Hollywood made up to sell movies right in other words it's not real I mean I think it's real for some people but I think it's like winning the lottery like if you find closure then um, good for you but I think for a lot of people that closure never comes so what is, like okay closure in my mind I see closure as a formal acceptance of the past and it having no further bearing on your emotions in the present nor the future like that's how i view closure so if you for example you know got hurt from someone who maybe i don't know either a friend who's betrayed you or uh someone that you were uh in a relationship with who cheated on you um and then you like just part ways and you always make the argument that like, oh, that has resonated with me for a long time and I can never trust another person again. Um, and then like the concept of closure is like, well, you come to terms with that has happened. The actions were taken by that sole individual, given the circumstances that they were dealing with at that time. And it's not a necessarily, it's not necessarily a reflection of what your future or current relationship partner will do for you. You know, because rather than living in fear of it happening again with your current partner, I think closure implies that, like, you're over that idea and that you're not afraid of it anymore. And that means that, like, when you get into a relationship, you can be healthy in that relationship once more because you can allow trust to rebuild. Like, that's what I perceive closure to mean. And, like, that can pertain to a million different things. But I'm just giving the example because you mentioned cheating on girlfriends who was stuck in my head. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what closure is. So I don't necessarily think that closure just exists for Hollywood to sell movies because I think that there is such a thing as closure, but that closure is not made always through, um, you know, interacting with the other party that was involved. Sometimes I think closure comes from within and uh, you need to, point. you know, that's you, a good point. yeah. So I, that's just my two cents. Like, I don't know how you feel about it, but that's sort of where I stand with closure. Because then you almost get into this like idea that you know, there's like different, like it's almost there's like a soft and implicit closure that's more within, and then there's like explicit closure. Correct. Which is when someone's just like, "I forgive you." Yes. You know, and that I mean, the explicit one is great because it's there's no mistaking that for closure, but um, I mean. Long story short, I, I said some regrettable things to someone, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I wasn't in the best like mental state, and I guess I made attempts at reconciling, you know, the friendship or whatever. But um, I remember Roy saying to me like, "You kind of have to just like pretend like they're dead, like they like that's it. Like there's you. That's how you start healing." Right. If you for you know, if I betrayed someone, I cheated on someone, and I reached out and said, "Hey, can you forgive me?" and they ignore me, then I, I really have to treat them as as if they died. Um, and you know, there's you know, I know I know some people who don't have the greatest relationship with their parents, and they never reconciled before, you know, their parents died, and maybe there's regrets there, but. Again, like in those cases, like that closure has to come from within. 
It does. I mean, it does help, obviously, when you can interact with the party that's involved. Um, I don't think I would agree with the approach of, you know, living as if they were dead. Because, I, I, like, I think that's the opposite of closure. I think that you, you are going to walk yourself into a position where you're just going to leave whatever wound is there open. And, like, without confronting it. Because, I mean, you can confront it internally. But, but I think that's what Roy's point is, that once once you once you shut off the possibility of that explicit you know closure mm-hmm. you have to find a way to heal yourself do you think that those two types of closures can exist in both worlds where they coexist one where they coexist and one where they're completely mutually exclusive i think i think for me it helped because i was in some ways like fantasizing about a scenario where you know it's like oh like what if like five years from now ten years from now like you know we we meet at by some happen chance and you know i say can we start over and she's like you know what enough time has passed like we're different people now and so i'm still playing out those scenarios um and i don't know if that's really i don't know if that's like true closure I think that's some like. I don't think that's closure at all. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's as closure. First of all, I don't even know what the issue is, but I have an idea, and I would say that I think closure would be one of two things. If the possibility, no matter this is what closure is for me, no matter the limitless number of paths that are in front of you in terms of your interaction with that person or lack thereof or etc etc your acceptance of every single one of those paths simultaneously is closure so whether or not it ends up being what your fantasy is Mm -hmm. or whether it ends up being that she decides that she wants to slap you in the face every time she ever sees you from here on for the rest of your life or whether it ends up being something in between that where there's like a neutral you know you're okay with it so that's something that I think both of us are kind of wrestling with is, well, first of all, like what even is acceptance and how do you even get there? Because we talk about we have regrets and we did things that were regrettable and we were not like, are you still in the mindset? Like, I wish I could go back in time and change things. You know, I haven't really unpacked my regret yet. I'm like, I know I'm feeling regret and I know that, like for me, I keep like the I keep saying like I should have known better, I should have known better. I, but I think, and I think that's perhaps, I, and I'm we're not psychologists, and if if we had a psychologist with us, perhaps there's already like a script to this process of getting over regret, and I don't know what it looks like, but I would suspect that the first one is pain, right? And then I would suspect that at some point it's going to turn into like some form of reasoning and like thinking through the different scenarios and what you know was right what wasn't right like a logical approach to it and then i think at some point after that you're gonna get to a place where you feel more or less i'm gonna say nothing but that's not the right word for it you're just like you know you think of you think of the the actions that you're contemplating 
now, like you, so whatever actions you took that you regret, when you think of them right now, you're thinking of them as like, oh, what if I didn't do that or I shouldn't have done that? You're thinking of them in that regard. And I think when you get to like the point of acceptance, you look back at those and you just think of them as fact of history, just like mm-hmm. you're reading a textbook, right? Like this is what happened in yeah. the year 19, whatever it was, or 2000, whatever it was. Um, but, and that's why I was, that's the whole reason why I brought this topic up. And that's what I was trying to say to you outside is I'm trying to get to that point. I'm trying to understand how do you cross this bridge from being stuck in a place of anger and pain and getting to a place of like, it's not contentment. It's more of like just acceptance is the only word I can use to describe it. It is. So, I mean, I I talked to a psychologist and I asked him like, how do I get to acceptance? And all they said was, it's hard. Well, that's not very useful. <laughs> I mean, because I think it's a different journey for different people. Like, I think there's maybe that that's why it's acceptance and things like this is so special because it's there's no silver bullet. Like everybody has like this is their cross to bear in some senses. Right. And every day is just another step in the journey. Right. And like some days are good. Some days are bad. But it's a constant battle like. You know, I'll say things to myself like, you know, I should have known, but like if I didn't go through what I went through, there are a lot of things that like I wouldn't have known about myself that probably would have broke at the seams like 10 years from now or like 20 years from now. So maybe that's one path that you can take is it rather than thinking about the I shouldn't have done this or what if I didn't do it and you think about the I did this but I'm now aware of this and how can I move forward in such a way to you know take this new knowledge and benefit from it right like I think the idea is something similar to there's like that cliche statement like when you get out of a relationship if you break up or whatever and you just like the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else right and like the idea behind it, i think is something to do with like you're just you're moving forward and like just through rapid experience of different people that you're engaging in your relationships with you're able to Actually, maybe not, because I was going down the road of saying you maybe you can, it helps you forget because you just basically get cluttered into a bunch of other people, but that's not the reality of it. It's it's more than that. It's more of like, I don't know, maybe you redevelop a new level of confidence through that process. Maybe there's something about self-realization that takes place in the process of moving on. To, like I, I'm trying to put this into words that are understandable, but in my head... This is all making sense and the words I'm saying right now I know are not. But what I really want to try to get at is like, depending on what it is that you regret, and I'm going to keep using the example of relationships just because it's consistent with the theme of what we've been discussing so far. If you got cheated on, right, and you know, you're feeling down and out and the relationship comes to an end and you, you know, you want to move on and you don't want to feel like perhaps you think that the person cheated, or actually maybe we'll reverse it, maybe you were the cheater. And perhaps your relationship comes to an end as a function of that. And then you look back and you regret, I shouldn't have cheated on my partner. It was a mistake. And therefore, I am now regretful. Well, getting into another relationship 
and like forcing yourself to get back out there again and get into another relationship, I think allows you to look back and say, okay, well, I know that this is what came as a consequence of these actions. I know these are the emotions that were involved. I know how this is going to be perceived. I know how the partner is going to receive the information. So you now have this new knowledge of what was wrong with your previous actions and you can practice a new option and you're taking a different path that perhaps will result in a different outcome. And the more of these paths that you can get on, the more experience you can develop and the more of like a fuller picture you can get of the truth and what is the correct actions to take. Yeah, I mean, that's the ideal state, but I think, you know, the road to that is very treacherous. Like, I could totally see a scenario where you become obsessed with the one that got away and you'll never be able to actually love again. Um, And I think that's the scariest part about hitting that roadblock of like basically that one big thing that you regret the most in your life because it's not clear how you get out of it. Like when you were talking about an acceptance of all of the scenarios that come with the future, there's also like the scenario of you never get over it, right? Like what if you... What if you always have this longing? Like maybe it goes back to the nostalgia that we were talking about. Like anytime you listen to a certain song, you think about that great relationship you had with that, you know, woman that you loved and you cheated on her and you can never get over it. Like I think there's an element of accepting that as a possible future. But if you accept as a possible future... It's not a sustainable way to live. So there's got to be a solution to that path. It's got to be... I mean, not necessarily. I think you were just talking about... Did you say that's not a good way to live? Yeah, like I think if you're going to live... If the path that you end up on is one where you forever regret that decision and you forever feel the pain of that decision, if it is the focal point of your thoughts... It's not healthy. Like it's not good for you or whomever it is that's going through the experience. Agreed. But again, we're just talking about the hypothetical future. And that's that's something maybe I have anxiety about. Like that's part of the my regret. It's like, what if I never recover from this? And that feeds into like my regret. So okay, let me ask it this way then. How could you ever know if you're ever going to love again if you don't engage in another relationship? And I think... Well, I think I I'm, I'm in, I would be in a place, like just speaking hypothetically, I would engage. Because you, not only are you accepting that you know the, there's a possibility of hell, but you're also accepting that there's a possibility of heaven. Right. And so... I think I think we're kind of getting to a good point here. Is is it's about moving on? Yes, because that's the key part, right? Like, yes. How do you move on? Well, in order to move on, you have to accept that you have to move. It's not it's not okay to just stay in the state of regret. Correct. Because you can't you, wallow. Yeah, you can't wallow exactly. Because when you wallow in self pity, because that's kind of what I was doing for the last like couple of months, like wallowing in my self pity, but every day just move a little bit 
And then honestly, it felt like I was crawling. And I, I would have to say, like, the, my level of regret has definitely dropped. But it was, it was, like, I'm still accepting that things could go really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I could still, things could still end up, like, less than ideal. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe my life is actually ruined. But it, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to stop moving. Well, that's the key. And like that's the thing is that you cannot let the thought of what if paralyze you. If it paralyzes you, there's a problem. Yeah. It's right? crazy though. It's like it's a constant battle. Like I have I've been having this like crazy dreams. Dreams where I mean, it's all maybe tied to like the subconscious regret. And I wake up in the morning and I just, I feel awful because it's a lot of it is about like reliving this, like reliving the regret, mm-hmm. right? And I wake up and there's no closure, but I still have to get on with my day. I still have to get up, try and, you know, pull myself together. And usually like around dinner time, like nighttime, like, okay, I'm feeling a bit better before bed like okay I finally pulled together and then it's like all over again different scenario different dream Um, well the good thing though is that like to speak in a much more realistic sense now you now have started a new job and like that is something that is going to realign your focus right because now your thoughts are not going to be you're not going to have the time to be fully consumed by these thoughts Oh, I shouldn't say that. You're going to choose not to allow those thoughts to displace the thoughts that you require to perform at your job. Yeah. Right? And so, like, you're... That is part of moving forward. Right? You're filling the void that is there that allows you to now refocus your thoughts and your energy somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And, like, when we had talked before and I had said to you that, like, I move on pretty quickly with things, I think it's a lot to do with the fact that I will take to the next closest thing to me and just jam it into my brain to like allow me to now refocus my thought and energy somewhere else before I get consumed and stuck in a state of like wallowing, right? That's what I try to do. Sorry, I hit the microphone there. Um, and the fact that I'm st- like, like I said, I'm now in a stagnated position with my current circumstances. It's because perhaps that course that I was taking was not the right one because that never allowed me the opportunity to actually rectify the issues that were creating the problems. So like just jamming in the next thing that comes along in my day to like occupy my brain and forget about the issues. I was it's kind of like a distraction. Right. Now it's just like I'm, I'm literally using everything in the world as a coping tool to just like forget about the past and forget about the issues that exist. And like, the reality is it is going now we're coming full circle moving forward is truly confronting the issue and dealing with it right and then yeah. taking the baby steps that are required to get you back onto your feet again like you got to crawl yeah. before you can walk again so what i wanted to add there was just like the process of moving on for me is like a marathon and when i wake up and that reality hits me that you know what i am nowhere close to getting over this regret and sometimes it feels like i'm no closer to the finish line but again i have to just try and keep moving 
And I think this this is why it's interesting that you know I've learned to, or I've started like running again, and I've been, I've never been a runner, but I've learned a lot from running. Like there's the element of consistency, tenacity, and when you want to give up, when you want to stop running, you have a destination. You have to push yourself. And for me, I know that. It's the right thing to do. Keep pushing forward. But I'm also scared that as much as I try to move on, I might not. And I might fall fall into this pit of despair still. But as long as you keep trying to move forward, that is the only objective that you have control over. So you don't know whether you're going to move on or not. And like you said, you don't know whether the path is going to be heaven or hell. And because you don't know, the only course of action that is logical and makes sense is to try anyways. Because the one thing that you can say for certain is that if you don't make the first step forward, you're definitely going to end up in yeah. hell. So it's you can take the option of 50-50 of ending up in heaven or hell, or you can take the 100% path that leads you to hell. And like it seems like a no-brainer. Why would you take the path that takes you down to the dark place? You want to go where there's a chance that you end up in a better place. And I think that as soon as you start to recognize that that is the logical step, you actually have a significantly higher probability of ending up in a better right, place. Right. It's weird, you know? So it's like you have to accept that there's a chance of failure, mm-hmm. but also accept that there's a chance for success. And with that acceptance, that's how you're going to move forward. Yeah. And in contrast, what's the alternative? Like, what is the alternative? Well, I mean, I know what it is. It's to give up. And I think a lot of people, that's what they do, right? Like, people do regrettable things and then they kill themselves. Well, like, that's the ultimate giving up, right? And that's a place that, like, what makes you think that that is better than whatever else can come through the mechanism of trying to move forward. Because the pain of regret is so real and so painful in the moment, in the here and now. And I think things like nostalgia, like, make it way worse. Yeah, because the contrast becomes very real. Right? Yeah. I mean, look, suicide is definitely something that is very real in this world, and a lot of people, unfortunately, go down that road. And like, I, we should probably put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode with respect to the discussion around suicide. But um, I, it's 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 it, look, that's a very dark thing to talk about. Um, and ultimately, it is something that I have experienced thoughts of it. I think anyone who has significant regret will have those thoughts at some point. Yeah. Um, but like you said, if you just simplify it and give yourself micro steps that you can follow that are easy to follow, right? Then the overwhelmingness of the recovery and the overwhelmingness of the path and the mountain that you have to walk over before you can get to the potential heaven or hell situation, you know, those steps become a lot smaller and they become a lot more palatable for you and it's a lot easier to digest them and be able to move fo- move forward, you know? You, you take that micro step and then you're like, oh, well, that was an effortless attempt, Let's go to the next micro step. And that also feels effortless. And then before you know it, it's just like the running. 
right? And the running has been a theme on the, our show for like every episode we bring it up, but it's very, very relevant because mm. it's like, you know, you get that, you get into your stride, then you start feeling the legs burn, you start feeling the lungs burn, and you start thinking to yourself like, I can't do it, this is going to be too hard, I just want to stop, I want to sit down, or I want to walk, I don't want to... Um, and then by the time you actually run these thoughts through your head, you don't even realize that you're still running and that like all you had to do was just take a couple of deep breaths and you'd yeah. forget all about the pain. You'd forget all about the discomfort and you're back to running again. And all it required was that baby step of take a deep breath and clear your mind. Right. So and that's an easy thing to do. And that's the same thing. in when it comes to like dealing with any regret from any sort of action that you may or may not have taken in this life. You just have to sometimes take the very first step, which is take a deep breath and think about the next yeah. baby step. I mean, it's symbolic. I think it's very symbolic for me, like moving on, moving forward, moving the body. It's running, especially when your mind is clear to me is like the ultimate form of living, being in the moment, being in the here and now. Um, and yeah, I think it's like, you have to accept that there's a chance for success, a chance that you're going to feel better and you got to keep moving forward. That's why it's so interesting that like regret and suicide is such a, like they're just so intertwined. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like if you kill yourself, like that's the ultimate regret. There's no taking it back. There's no taking it back. Right. And that's why I'm saying that like that's, now, whether there's an actual hell or not, that's not the point of this conversation. But the reality is, this is the path that you are walking down. If you end up choosing suicide, you're putting yourself into a hell, the ultimate hell, right? So if you believe in hell, that will bring you to hell. And if you don't believe in hell, it brings you to nothingness, which is also the ultimate hell. So like they're both, you know, in my opinion, it should never be the favorable choice of your options. Because it's like the ultimate level of darkness. And that's not a place that's better than no matter what your pain you're dealing with. You know, it's not as bad as nothingness. And on top of that, the influence and the ripple outwards to the people around you and in your life that you influence, you're going to bring darkness into their life. And it's a much more grand, um, you know, incident. Whatever incident occurred for you to feel regret is not going to be as bad as the incident of that that is the ultimate. And that regret really ripples out. Big you know? time. Because other people will be saying things like, well, I mean, I guess I already had, like know some personal stories where there, there's a lot of regrets around that too. Like there are things I could have done more, mm-hmm. right? Things I should have said or things I shouldn't have said. Correct. Yeah. Well... To bring this to a close on a high note, I do want to reverse the conversation for a very quick couple of minutes here. Because we got really dark here very quickly. And I just wanted to say that, like, you know, my life situation is, by contrast to a lot of people in this world, not nearly as bad as life can be. And this feeling that I'm having now, I know, is something that is going to be a memory at some point. This is not a permanent situation. And I know that there's a path in front of me that is filled with choices that are easy to make that will lead me to erase 
the damages that are caused from the actions that I regret taking. And I have accepted this in some capacity. And even just talking about this now is already making me feel better about this like permanent feeling of regret that I've been having lately. It's like, you know what? I know what's in front of me and I know that like doing this little baby step and that little baby step is going to end up in a place that is much more positive than I am right now. And it's totally achievable. And I know what those micro steps are. I've been told repeatedly what they are by other people and now I'm starting to accept them as the micro steps that I believe they need to be as well. Before it was like, yeah, 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 I heard them. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. But I never really processed them. I never really took them seriously. I've taken them seriously now and I'm trying my damnedest to actually take those little baby steps and I feel like I've already taken a few of them and it's kind of putting me on the right trajectory for the future and I feel like now that percentage of 50-50 heaven and hell that was in front of me is now turning into a 90% heaven, 10% hell and so that's a good thing and you know, uh, I also hope that your situation, I understand that you're still struggling with it obviously but you gotta look at all the positives that are around you right now, man like, Mm -hmm. first of all this podcast may be nothing to the world. It may be nothing to most people. It may be even nothing to us, um, like as a group. But to you, this can mean something. And it does for me. Like, I know it does for me. Um, so, like, you becoming involved in this was something that was always discussed and kind of, like, thought about. And now it's real. And now it's here. And mm-hmm. it's happening. And how do we get here? Well, it didn't take very much. It took a couple conversations. It took a little bit of, like... Hey, let's just call up Zhang and then you just saying, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to come. I want to participate. And now we're here and you're like an actual participant on the show on a regular basis now. You know, so like that's a very another small example of like the little changes that lead to something more significant. Like, would you ever have thought that you'd be sitting recording this podcast, microphone set up in your in your basement, laptop running and, you know, like this whole setup was like a fantasy to me, at least when I started this thing. And now I feel like it's very real. And that's a thing to be proud of. You have your new job now. You know what I mean? Like, that's a great fucking thing to have in front of you. There's so much positivity that is in front of you that to not focus on that and just to focus on the past is silly, you know? Yeah. I guess want to add is something that's top of my mind is thinking about, you know, accept regrets, move forward, or die trying. That's it, man. That's the simple message. Yeah. All right, well, I've got nothing further to add. I don't know if you do. Uh, I think I've, I think we've gone through a lot today. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it really does feel like therapy, eh? yeah. <laughs> going through these types of sessions. Um, anyhow, as usual, to all of our thinkers, thank you very much for listening. And as always, check us out on Instagram at riskythoughts.to. And our YouTube channel is still active and we are still posting to our YouTube channel as well. You are more than welcome to send us messages through Instagram. It's our most likely place to respond to any messages that are incoming. So we do appreciate those of you who are listening and we really appreciate the fact that this has grown to what it is and we hope to continue to do so. So thanks again for listening, everybody, and have a good night. Bye.